everybody. Welcome to Wrong Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Jack, how are you this week? Yes, man, I am good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. I um, had a, a filling fall out my tooth last night, which has oh caused, caused me no end of annoyance since. Um, so that's not been the best. I'm going to have to phone the dentist on Monday and find out if they're even doing stuff like that just now, because I'm not sure if they are. Um, if you count it as an emergency... If- just say you're in lots of pain or whatever, I'd imagine they would see it as an emergency and you'd be able to get in at some point. Yeah, it's, like, it's not actually causing me pain, that's the problem. It's just an annoyance because I keep sticking my tongue in the gap. Um, but, you can't not do that when, you can't not do that when no, there's something can't. different in your mouth. It's awful. And I, I just I don't, I don't want to phone them up and tell them that it's sore. Then I go in and they say, well, there's no nerve left, so how's it sore? You lying bastard. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, it's just annoying me. But other than that, I'm all good. Um, nice to see a little bit of snow. And uh, here, you won't believe this, or actually, you might actually cure out walking the dog a lot. Um, we were just sat in the living room earlier on tonight. Um, I was playing the PlayStation. And Lisa like jumped up to the window because three deer walked down our street. Yeah. Karen always told me that there was lots of deer kicking about Glasgow and the motorway next to us and I said look I've never seen a deer in real life and then it was only about a week ago that I seen one at the side of the motorway first time yeah. ever well they walked right down our street they walked into our neighbour's garden and then jumped over their hedge and then like walked down at the bottom of the road and that's pretty bizarre because people obviously don't know you you sort of stay in a look like a cul-de-sac or, or a but you know it's like off it's the like a, beaten track right? yeah it's like a new build estate so it's like a, oh. an oval where it's only got like one entrance in and one one entrance out but there's all those trees and stuff up the back so they must live up there and then come down and I suppose if the we've had quite a lot of snow and ice and stuff like that so if the ground's all frozen and stuff they're probably struggling to get stuff to eat which is what's bringing them out into suburbia probably yeah for sure yeah, anyway on with the show this week mate after. Yeah, just, just just a random thought that I saw a deer I wanted to share, but yeah, that's, that's yeah, cool. no, that's 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 cool, man. Like after four shows in the last fortnight with Sean, Stephen, uh, and David, it's back to us too this week, kind of. Yeah, we had Michael Barrymore lined up, but he dropped out at the last minute. So did he? Aye. <laughs> if only. Um, so yeah, it's just us, and we're. Going back to our roots in some way, kind of, if we have roots, because one of the first shows we did here was about Australia. So today we've just kind of put a show together about Japan, um, a country very, very different from Australia, but very, very mental. It's a culture that I am not fascinated by, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm constantly looking at Japan.com or anything to see what's going on, but it is a sort of, it's just so different to us that some of the things that they do are a little bit in our westernised weird as fuck really <laughs> yeah you know. for sure and some of the things we're going to mention today that they do are probably weird as fuck if, in any eyes never mind just in our western ones because I have found the, some of the more interesting stuff and mad stuff Um, so it's probably not an accurate description of your typical Japan goings on but it's certainly some stuff that does happen with some people in Japan. Yeah, for sure. So we'll just we'll just fire on through here, mate. And I haven't took a particularly deep look at the notes, so I don't know what's coming up. And sometimes these are my, my favourite shows to do because I learn something. The, the listeners hopefully learn something as well. And if something is out of the ordinary, 
can you can tickle me somewhere. I'm just going to read the headline for the first one, then let you take it away. Okay. And you've headlined it: the restaurant that sells poo flavored curry. Yes. Um. So this actually comes from a Vice article. Yeah, it was oh, either Vice. Vice. <laughs> it was Vice, or it was um what the, the other one that's like Vice at name I can't remember. Um. But basically, I'll tell you the story. There's a former Japanese porn star called Ken Shimmers, and he enjoys shit a little bit too much. <laughs> he ate so much of it in his porn career that his taste buds apparently adapted to the taste. And obviously moving on from porn and kind of, kind of trying to go an entrepreneur, he decided to set up a restaurant. And the result is Curry Shop Shimizu, which is a restaurant in Japan which serves nothing but shit-flavoured curry. Or no, no other curries. It's not like a, a special sh- shitty curry you can get. It's all you can get in this place. Just shit flavoured curries, yeah. Um, oh dear. Curries are strange thing in Japan. It's not massively popular, and people do sort of link it with fishies by saying that they are similar in appearance. And it kind of gives you that kind of ultimate question, Jack. I suppose what would you prefer to eat? Um, poo flavoured curry or curry flavoured poo? Uh, curry will. Uh, curry flavoured poo, surely? No. So you'd rather eat poo than something that's flavoured like poo? I don't know, I've never had jobbies, I don't imagine it to be that that, that bad. Oh, really? If it was... Oh, You've kind of stumped me there. Like, poo-flavoured curry. How do you flavour something? Is there a company out there that sells, like, your poo-flavouring? Is that what they do? It's, well, it's not like... I thought you could get, like, Old El Paso um, shite flavour. But there there is some notes here on how you do it. Basically, um, human shit tastes bitter apparently and it's because of all the bile in it which is secreted by the liver and stored in your gallbladder basically food crumbs and things that are left inside the shit are pretty tasteless um you assume that the taste of shit is relatively caused by the scent so therefore the curry they sell at curry shop shimzu is extremely bitter um the unami of vegetables and meat are removed to make it tasteless and they add a fermented fish into the curry called kusaya. And basically right after putting this curry inside your mouth, a massive hit of bitterness hits the tongue. And that causes a strong shit smell to come up the stomach and right up your nose sort of thing. Right. It sounds fucking horrendous. I do know that a lot of flavour that you taste is more of it's actually smell, I think. The, the smell hits the sort of back of your throat and that's, that creates the taste and also... The, the colouring, I'm pretty sure I read that if you eat fruit pastels in the dark, you will struggle to know what colour it is. I've heard that before, I've never tried it out, like, I've never done the test, but I have heard uh-huh. somebody say that before. Um, this guy Ken became a bit of an expert in it because he, his very first job as a porn star, he had to eat two human shits. And... <laughs> Your first job in an industry, <laughs> morning, mate. Uh, just sit down. Yeah, today uh, you're getting no. I know, I know. We said you're doing porn, but you're eating jobbies, and how about it? Uh, and he obviously like, tore right in. So yeah, he must like, have been eager to please. Basically, day one a new job. Yeah, you usually get the fire tour. You normally get the health and safety stuff. A couple of online courses. This guy got a jobby sandwich. Um, <laughs> but basically, he and, and during his time in porn, he ate more than two hundred and fifty shits on camera. 
And he began enjoying it so much, he just began eating it in his private life. And the curry's kind of based on that real experience. Um, he was that keen to be a porn star since he was basically in high school. So he started hunting for jobs and contacting different porn companies. And one company replied, we'll give you a kind of foot in the door as long as you eat human shit. Um, he thought he would lose his chance to become a porn star if he refused it. And even though he'd never eaten shit before, he said, yeah, I'll do that because it's my dream to become a porn star. And that was basically how it, started, how it all started for him. And there's a bit of an interview with him talking about it and all that sort of stuff where I've kind of pulled most information I've given you from. But the the mad, mad part at the end was they asked him, where do you think your restaurant goes from here? You've got shit-flavoured curry. Do you have any other recipes that you want to do? And he says they're planning to invent soy sauce made of pubic hair and <laughs> poo curry made by the poop of silkworms. I thought the poop of, the poop of silkworms was silk. No? I don't know. Maybe it's no, like... like... Maybe not. That's obviously... My bad. Yeah, I thought they yeah. shit. I don't think they. Sh- I don't think they shit out the silk. They. I don't know. It'd be interesting no. to find out. Find out until next week. Um, but yeah, so that's that was the first Japan thing that got my attention, and it was so weird. I thought let's just do a, let's just do a show about Japan because I want to talk about this for some reason. Um, poo flavored curry. It sounds like the worst thing in the world. I don't ever want to try it. No, it sounds it sounds really 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 bad. Well, one thing I do know about Japan as well as like if you are accused of doing something illegal basically there's like a I think it's a 99% conviction rate and yeah. that's it like if the cops think you've done something you're fucked basically and sometimes this is what I held off as a, as a good thing but surely there's got to be some trial and good du- judicial system uh, pardon me stumbling over that word but you know what yeah, I mean like I think surely it's... there's got to be some course totally. of action rather than get to jail yeah I think it's held up as a really good system by the same sort of people that voted for Brexit don't wear a mask and moan about criminals going out of jail like six months early for good behaviour and stuff like that because they're a bit narrow minded to the whole thing but yeah, yeah. if you want to live in a society where if the police even suspect you of something you're pretty much fucked that's not a great place to be living in. Um, and you've really got no no defence and no way out at that point. So, nah, it's it must be great for statistics and it must make police paperwork and the court system really, really easy, but not a great old time for citizens, I don't think. No, we've um, got a couple of friends that are lawyers um, and he, he's very much of, of the, the idea and I tend to agree with him that there needs to be some sort of due judicial course man and you don't just get convicted because a police maybe doesn't like you you know that's what it seems that it sounds like it could lead to corruption although i don't think the japanese like sort of culture is really all about that i know they're very much like into being um what's the word not nice but like loyal and stuff proper yeah yeah proper basically but i do feel like if you get one bad egg as a cop, then what's to stop him, like just arresting other gang members or something? You know, like here you, and then get him in jail, easy peasy, without yeah, any, totally any sort of mm-hmm. recourse. So it might, it might lead to that. I don't know how um, high corruption is in the Japanese police force. I imagine it'd be pretty low, but it, I mean that just seems apple. to yeah, that just seems to point point towards that. They're very another thing in Japan as well is they're very sort of. We spoke about the trains before, 
and how if they're, if they're late, they'll give you a ticket, even if it's like 20 seconds late, so you can go into work and say, this is why I'm 20 seconds late. It wasn't yeah. my fault, it was the train. But you found something else that is almost the opposite of that, but not quite. Yeah, almost, yeah. So a real company in Japan has apologised after one of its trains departed 20 seconds early. Early. Uh, <laughs> early, yeah. yeah. Basically, management of the Tsukuba Express line between Tokyo and the city of Tsukuba, Tsukuba said they sincerely apologise for the inconvenience, which I kind of get because if there's one country in the world where your customers or your passengers are going to be really prompt with their timings and get them spot on, it probably is Japan. And there probably was somebody that missed that train because it left 20 seconds early. So I do kind of get the annoyance of it. But going and like on the news and doing a proper full scale public apology for it is bizarre. Like I said, they they run very much on time, and if they're late, they, they will offer tickets and stuff like that. Now they're so prompt and on time. Why do you think they can do that? Like I used to get the trains quite a lot, and I'll be honest, never had a lot of issues with them. Like I would say, maybe once a month, one would be cancelled. Right, it's a bit of a pain in the arse. You wait for half an hour, you buy a paper, whatever, you, and you get on with it. We're just used to that. But should I be more like the Japanese and be really pissed off about stuff like that? If the Japanese can do it, then how come we can't here in Britain get it right? I think it must be because there's so few margins for error in, in that culture and that our trains can be late because the, the lines aren't built properly and they can't cope with the weather. And somebody in a signal box is off sick or some station staff is off sick or a driver is off sick and any one of these things could lead to a delay or an issue whereas in Japan people don't phone in work sick they don't make mistakes when they're building stuff it's all done properly so there's just far less room for error and therefore less chance of things going wrong and having a situation where a train doesn't go I think the people would go they would go the extra mile as well so that if there was a train had an issue or something wasn't looking right, they'd have another train ready to go to replace it almost instantly. And they would just take action to fix it. Actually having a mistake and having something go wrong would be the the, the kind of the ultimate for them. That would be the last thing they would allow to happen. They would try everything to avoid it, I think. Yeah, that reminds me of did you ever see the like the there was a picture of like a, a mudslide that happened in Japan that knocked out part of the motorway? And then there was a picture, I think it was from 24 hours later, and they had yeah. been and basically rebuilt the road round it in a day. I think it's a day. Yeah, I do remember that now you mentioned it. That's what I mean. That's kind of what they would do because failure is just not an option because people can't miss work. People can't not do a full day's work. They can't let people down. It's... And a road or a train would have such a massive impact on so many other parts of the economy, so many other people's lives. They just won't allow it to happen. And if that happened here with that kind of landslide, we wouldn't we wouldn't have moved a boulder or done anything in twenty four hours. They've done the necessary, built around it, ready to go, and it's opened and it's safe. We'd still be trying to get the permits and the planning done. It's it is mad. Yeah, unless but... it was in March, because I always used to hear that the councils <laughs> yeah. would uh, have to spend their budget in March. So if you had any problems in March. You were on to a winner because obviously they would come out, spend the money, and get it done. Whereas, yeah. generally, um, like I knew a guy that worked for the roads department, and he handled a lot of complaints, and people would phone up. Obviously, with the roads, there's a massive hole in the road, and for for the lulls, they would always say, "Yeah, 
we'll look into it. <laughs> You're the council man, like, don't fucking be taking the piss with your pithy comments, go and fucking fix it. My, my motor, my suspension is fucked because of you, but no. That's why when I mean, you drive about February, March time, it's, you see temporary traffic lights and traffic cones everywhere because that is just what they're doing. They're supposedly spending their budget and getting it used because they haven't used it the rest of the year. Right. The street you live on was a terrible example of that. Um, One I, of the worst lost, in Glasgow, I think. It was yeah, really bad at a point. They, they did eventually fix it. but I lost, I lost a tyre on that road. Um, I was actually driving to buy a new car and I was basically driving my car to the garage to get it priced up and my trade-in for my new car I was buying I drove down your stupid road bang and uh, the whole driver's left side the driver's the driver's right hand side front just went pop I had to sit at the side of the road wait for a company to come and put a new tyre on and stuff like that and then go and trade in my car that had just cost me an extra 100 quid to get fixed I was annoyed I put in a claim to the council uh, about it because it was right across from a police station and I spoke to the police station they said yeah it happens all the time just put a claim in and they'll pay you back they didn't pay me anything back they just said no you're not getting anything terrible 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 furious yeah. wouldn't happen in Japan wouldn't happen do you know what else wouldn't happen in Japan that you die well you will die eventually but what, <laughs> what wouldn't what wouldn't happen before that is you wouldn't get a full pint um, they're quite into pints of lager pints of beer over there it's getting more and more popular yeah. however they like the head Right, and not in a good way. They like the froth. They like the foam at the top of their pint. It's usually at least thirty percent of your pint is head. Right. Okay. That, that's not that's not uncommon in some places in Europe as well. Like it's, Amsterdam, for example, they will pull your pint up with about a third head, and then they just scrape the scrape the head off with a wee the wee knife thing and, and give you it. So it's not uncommon here as well. I, yeah, I, I would feel like I was getting cheated out of a third of a pint. Yeah, if if they're if they're going to do that, then you have to introduce a pint glass which is basically a pint and a third, and you fill the glass with beer up to the pint mark, and then the extra third should be foam, or like frothy, you can cope with that. But I don't want like a third of my actual drinking bit to be that shitty frothy stuff that just melts away to nothing. Nobody wants no, that, it just gets all. in your beard and stuff. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So that, that can get in the bin. What's a vending machines in Japan as well? Yeah, 23 per like, person. Yeah, that seems like a hell of a lot, but... It's a very mad. much vending machine culture, I suppose, which kind of, I suppose it's what, what are selling in the vending machines, because I was talking about, like, not dying, that's because they've got a really high life expectancy in Japan, yeah, I think it's the third highest in the world, so like, men live to 81 and women 87, but if you think they've got a vending machine culture, that would be unhealthy, but I think it's all, it'll all be like fish, sushi and stuff are selling at these vending machines, is that right? I'd imagine there's, I don't like selling what's a chocolate bars and stuff like that because if they were surely your life expectancy would be lower. I dare say they are there is some that sell that sort of stuff but yeah a lot of it is one of the ones that's quite popular is soup um, a little can of soup which has got some sort of gadget inside it that when you open it it puts a charge through and heats it up sort of thing so you get like quite a lot of sweet you see it on TV I watched a documentary about vending machines in Japan and sweet corn hot soup was a really popular one um, there's a vending machine. Yeah. There's a vending machine in Glasgow now. It does pizza. Um, yeah, in, the mer- in the Merchant City. Um, it, it got installed during lockdown when nobody's really in the Merchant City to actually use it. But I'd quite like to try it because it's a really good pizza restaurant that's kind of running it and responsible for it. So it would seem quite good. I've seen a pizza vending machine in America before that wasn't so good, uh, but this one's supposed to be quality. They they fill it up each day with thirty 
different types. Sorry, four different types of pizza and thirty of each of them apparently, or something like that. Um, right, okay. So we're quite into trying it. They have yeah, in Amsterdam but, as well. You but like they have pizza vending machines basically. Well, it's not vending machines per se. It's more like pizza shops with no staff, and you go in and you put the money in the wee oven, and you just open it up. Uh, take, okay. a, take your slice of pizza out and they do yeah. the pizza there yeah. see this one it's a it's a pizza that's there and the pizza's made up but not cooked and it actually cooks in like four minutes or something while you're there so it is actually fresh cooked rather than cooked pizza just sitting and you open up a wee door and get a slice of it this is an actual proper vending machine that actually cooks the pizza fresh for you sort of thing but with that really really thin base pizza then if it's only taking four minutes to cook uh, well I don't know you I get do quite like every now and again yeah, you get those pizza ovens now, though, that cook pizzas in, like, a minute and stuff, so... Right. I don't know. Might be some mad technology involved, but, yeah, I, I reckon, like, a pizza one is probably less common in Japan than one doing, like, coconut water and sushi and fish and stuff like that, because they, they love a bit of fish and vegetables and that there. It's yeah, why their of... expectancy is so high, isn't it? Their life expectancy compared to ours. And it causes a bit of a problem, but I think because there's not a lot of childbirth, I think because they work so hard, like they can't be bothered with children, so it's putting a lot of pressure on the economy that there's all these sort of old people kicking about and a lot, a lot less youngsters. And because there's lots, there's this is a double side thing. Because there's lots of old people, they sell more adult diapers than childrens, which is yeah. mental. But also, I think that if people need to commute to work and it's a long commute. Some of them will buy adult diapers themselves, sitting on the train, so they don't need and to. Just, just piss themselves on the train. Yeah, like piss themselves, shit themselves on the train, man. Yeah. Oh, they have toilets on the trains. Yes, I know, but if it's a particularly busy train or whatever, and I've read this, I'm sure I have, or Fucking heard hell. it somewhere that, like, adults without incontinency problems will still buy diapers just so they can turn. Surely, surely, surely at worst they're choosing to piss themselves, they're not choosing to shite themselves. Like, Aye, maybe. Sitting in the Aye. train, sat in their own shite, making, making their own personal curry. <laughs> no Aye, Saving up for the curry. That's yeah. awful. I think the, the life expectancy in Japan is 87, I think, whereas I think in the UK it's 81, whereas in Glasgow... It's seven for, for women. Yeah, women love yeah. women, guys, sort of everywhere. And the men is 81 over there. I'm not sure what it is here then. I think in Scotland it's probably about 50. But it's, it's in Glasgow and certain areas in Glasgow, it is 68. 68, and okay. Areas, and in some areas, it is in the 80s. For example, there is an area in Glasgow called Bears Den, very posh. And across the road, there's the drum, drum chapel. Yeah. And if you go across the road, the life expectancy drops from like 82 to 68. So there's like a 16-year difference depending on what side of that road you live on, basically. That's mad, isn't it? Like, yeah, they've just it shows basically been in some areas, man. Yeah, been the wrong side of the track and take like fifteen years like, off. Literally, their life. yeah, mm-hmm. that's nuts. Um, they really look after their old people, though. They like they proper respect them, and they've got a lot of time for them. It's not they they would never be put them in a home or yeah, I don't think do anything like that Japan, with them. Or no, they're, they're cared for at home. The family looks after them, sort of thing, and they're never seen as a a hindrance in any way they're, they're very much a lot of respect for old people which I think is a nice thing to have um, old people do kind of annoy me Jack I'm not going to lie and sit here and say they don't I find they can be rather annoying um, particularly when it used to be when I commuted I used to do my nutting getting the train or the bus to work in the morning and the bus was packed with old people that were going nowhere 
like literally they, they're retired they're doing nothing they got on the bus for nothing they got on the train for like 30 pence and they're sitting in all these seats and I'm trying to go to work and I'm having to stand and <laughs> hold on to a pole they must be like going that. somewhere for a couple of they're not they don't they just they just go just around go in the bus. <laughs> Come they on. literally just go around in circles just, just to get out of the house I, they, I fucking hate buses man like, I, I hope I never have to go on a bus again in my life Hate. I was on a bus. I was on a bus once a couple of years ago, um, coming from Glasgow City Centre to East Kilbride, and the bus got stopped at the side of the road, and the driver ordered everybody off, and I was down the stairs. Didn't have a clue what was going on. I had my headphones in, and we had to wait for the next bus. And it turns out the reason the bus was stopped was because someone up the top deck had done a shit on the floor of the bus. We should maybe talk about shit an awful lot in this. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like I hope we don't think of it as this way, but this could be the shit episode. Yeah, this is the one that my wife will turn off halfway through. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you, Lisa. If you're if you're still here listening, but <laughs> I, I'd have turned off by now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get away from jobbies and get on to <laughs> Like we we we're a very scatological society, but you will find that talk. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind long term memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. About jobbies and shit is quite common among a lot of people. It's not just us. No, I don't think so. It's, it's yeah. People do are quite open about it and discuss it for sure. It's... Anyway, we'll get away from jobbies and move on to the other things basically. Like they are um, again, I'm struggling for my words today. Superstitious, basically, is what I'm yeah. trying to get at. Yeah. And that's around, in particular, around a certain number, the number four. Oh. Um, they basically avoid the number four like hell because it basically, the word kind of sounds the same as the word for death. So they don't right. like using it. Um, so buildings will quite commonly not have a fourth floor. They sell like cutlery and plates and stuff like that in sets of three or sets of five. They don't ever serve them. Sell them in sets of four. And if you're inviting people around to your house for dinner or for tea or something like that, you would actually go as far as never inviting a group of four. You would always find somebody else or not invite one of them. Um, Because if you got an invite to somebody's house and you found out there was going to be four people going, they literally wouldn't go. They're not not into it Kind of leads to problems if you want to have a couple's dinner. Or whatever you know, and you want to invite yeah. a couple of couples, you need to invite some fucking spare wheel, <laughs> some you spare would do, leg, you? And or bring your kid man, and your key can sit in the corner. Yeah, and if I think when you start inviting more than four, it it's starting too, to become yeah. it's too much. It's starting to there's not enough space. In, there's not enough space in your house. Like you're no. fucking seats. People Especially are sitting at the your, dinner table. Nice. <laughs> It becomes also too much like organised fun. You've got people breaking into little groups in the kitchen and some in the living room. And no, just don't invite anybody around. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed nobody being in the house in the last, last year. It's been great. Yeah, as it it's magic. Like, people don't, never really been one for having lots of people in my house anyway. 
But we used to we used to have these friends. We had these friends, right? We're not their friend anymore, thankfully. And um, they were the exact opposite of that. They used to invite people all the time, right? They always wanted to have parties and they wanted to have people around and stuff all the time. And they would, they would have theme parties and stuff. And it was... Theme it was parties fun. in a house? Just like... Yeah, like, oh, like right. come around and do this, come around and we'll do that. It'll be great fun and stuff like that. And it was one of Lisa's, Lisa's kind of friend of a friend type people. And... Lisa's pals that we are very friendly with are quite a few couples. We all used to go along. But the people that hit, that, that kind of organised these parties in whose house it was were the most boring, fucking miserable, fucking oxygen thief people you're ever going to meet, right? So it was literally like pulling teeth. You'd walk into the living room and they'd all have all the chairs like round in a circle and you'd sit down. And you'd expect somebody hosting a party to be kind of the life and soul of it, wouldn't you? And be leading conversation and chat and all that sort of stuff. And they would literally just sit there and because I can't cope with that, I can't cope with the cringiness of it, I would end up fucking being the person that becomes the, the instigator of all the chat and the instigator of trying to organise this fun and stuff like that. And in the end up, I just said, listen, I'm not going to anything at their house ever again. Yeah. Um, we went to their wedding. It was fucking awful as well. Uh-huh. Um, but we don't talk to them anymore. Um, and I think they've split up now, actually. Um, the guy was a weirdo. A weirdo. I'm sure he's on some sort of register. Right, okay. Um we bit of a trigger warning here for anybody listening. We're going to speak about suicide now, and more specifically, the Suicide Forest, um, yes. which is uh, behind Mount Fuji. There's 13.5 square miles of Agiokara. I have pronounced that poorly, I imagine, but it's a forest so thick with foliage that it's known as the Sea of Trees. Lots of visitors um, have chosen this place, notoriously called the Suicide Forest, as basically where they're going to go and kill themselves basically like trying to think stats on it can be quite difficult because the forest is so sort of thick that lots of bodies can sort of go undiscovered for years if you go there and decide to kill yourself but there are estimates that um, every three days basically so about 100 100 odd people a year basically go to this place to kill themselves basically um yeah which is obviously Obviously, sad. George Carlin was a comedian, and he used to do a bit about a bit about suicide that probably wouldn't go down too well nowadays. But he would go on about how it's like the most interesting choice that anybody can make, and the planning that goes into it. Again, where you're going to do it, how you're going to do it, like putting a circle in your calendar so it has a big impact. Like, oh, Sunday, my parents will be in, so I'll get in Saturday night, and then they'll come to the door, blah blah blah. And obviously, he <laughs> it was a lot funnier, but. I can kind of get where he's coming from, like to like that, that that planning, and obviously this suicide forest is quite a common place to go, kind of like the the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever. You know, it's got a it's got a bit of a reputation. But I think it's I think it's a mad thing, Jack. Like I can understand what it must be like to feel that way because I've never ever felt that down about anything. That I feel that's my only option. But I do think there is some truth in saying that deciding to kill yourself is both the bravest thing you could possibly do but also the most cowardly thing you could ever do in terms of it's brave because you're choosing to end your life it's fatal it's it's infinite it's the end and you're choosing to do that but it's also cowardly because in some way you're taking an easy way out and because for me it's you're, you're leaving you're leaving your shit for someone else to deal with you're leaving somebody else to find a body you're leaving somebody else to wonder if they could have done more, if they could have helped and all that sort of stuff. So I've always kind of seen it 
as both of those things, um, brave and cowardly. And I can just be so, so grateful. I've never ever been in this position. I've ever had to think like that, but it isn't, it isn't great. And in Japan, though, it's seen slightly differently to how we would see it because they've got a whole kind of ideology around self-inflicted death where it doesn't carry the same stigma as it maybe does every way, everywhere else. They, they call it seppuku or seppuku, um, which is basically a samurai suicide, which is said to be honourable. And it dates all the way back to Japan's federal area. And although it's no longer the norm, it has sort of left a mark in that they kind of see it in some ways that suicide is seen as somebody taking responsibility and they wouldn't really think badly of somebody for doing it or blame them for it because of their historical kind of attitudes towards it from the time of the samurai. Yeah. Honourable, by the way, that was that word I was looking for earlier when I was speaking about the police. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad we got it. Who says we don't link these things? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, I suppose it's a sort of, like, honour, honour suicide. Yeah, it's um, the you, samurai and people that were supposedly very honourable. Like, there's a difference between, is there a difference between samurai and ninja? Like, one's honourable and one's bad. I think like, that's... One's, yeah. one's like a sneaky one that goes about, like, and they used it, the way of silence to kill and stuff like that, and that's bad. And the other one... They do it for good, I think. Again, I'm not 100% clued up in that, but that seems to... I don't know if that rings a bell. It seems right, but I'm taking some of this from Assassin's Creed, so it might not be genuinely right. I might not have even remembered it. <laughs> and old Sega, there was, a, there was one about Assassins on the Sega Master System called Shinobi, I think. Um, oh, that similar, yeah, to that as well. So I'm not, I'm not coming at you with stuff from books here. This is just nonsense memories that could mean nothing. But yeah, yeah I think, I, I think you're on the on the right track. There's there is stuff to do to try and prevent suicide. Um, oh, good. Be because of the high suicide rate, um, they put a plan of action that aims to reduce suicide by twenty percent in Japan over the next seven years. And part of this involved putting security cameras at the entrance of the suicide forest and increasing patrols. Um, they've also sent suicide counsellors and police into the actual forest and they've basically left messages and signposts and stuff for people to find when they're in there thinking about killing themselves. Um, some of the signs say things like, think carefully about your children and your family. Oh. And another one that says, your life is a precious gift from your parents. Um, which I think is a real different way of doing it compared to ourselves. We would... We would just put barbed wire on the top of the fence, wouldn't we, to stop people jumping off the bridge? Um, whereas they're actually trying to make people think and change their minds and looking at it in a different way, aren't they? And having police patrols and other stuff to try and stop it. So it's a far more. So though it's part of their culture, they are looking like they're trying to reduce it, which is great. Yeah, it's a far more progressive way to be looking at suicide. We've done um, Sam H courses on suicide prevention and and things like that and one of the things that you sort of mentioned is sort of finding that anchor so if you ever have to speak to somebody that is on the verge of, of killing themselves like one of the mate, one of the first things you don't say is don't do anything silly right because in the person's eyes what, what they're doing is anything but silly at that moment in time so like that's yeah, quite a who, common one that you go, oh, don't do anything daft mate like <laughs> they're, where, they, where, where they're at with their head it'd be silly not to do it so, yeah, basically, and yeah. then finding that anchor. So you try to get, like, if you get, if you got a friend, you get family, you get kids, blah blah blah. You find that anchor. That's somebody that you can say, look, 
try to sort of empathise with how your, your wife would feel or whatever, and you try to drill down onto that to make them think of think of the people. Yeah, so like if they're if they're sharing sort of positive posts like that, then that's kind of what they're trying to get at. Is that reminder that even though you might think you've got nobody, see if you if you think about it, you've got a brother, you've got a uncle, you've got the guy at the pub, you've got somebody that will miss you. So, um, totally. aye, it's a progressive way of thinking about things. Uh, good for Japan, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's also the there was also the, the the other kind of a brutal form of euthanasia that happens in Japan as well. It's called obasut or ubasut. I, I, I'll be lucky. I think if we've read, read out anything correct in this report so far. Yeah, we've actually got very listeners in Japan, so we don't have any. Is that with the latest stats say? Yeah, one in Iran, but yeah. Oh, I wonder who that is. Um, but yeah, so basically, that what that translates to is abandoning the old woman, and it's an old practice um, resorted to usually in desperate times, mainly of famine, where a family would lessen the amount of mouse to feed by basically leading an elderly relative to a mountain or a remote and rough environment, and basically just leaving them to die. <laughs> Um, not by means of suicide, but by dehydration, starvation, or exposure. Um, and this is kind of where the the suicide forest and the sea of trees and all that sort of stuff have kind of became almost mythical. Um, because oh. in the and back in the in the old I'd like to say the olden days, but back in times when there wasn't other options, you would literally lead an elderly person into something like this forest, lead them in there and leave them there, and it would be one less mouth feet to feed, and you'd be able to cope with your family better at that point. Yeah, going to ask you a quick question. See if you can see if you can get this one right. You mentioned dehydration, starvation, and exposure. Mm-hmm. Which one of those three do you think gets you first? Um, or so can you get can, you first. Yeah. I, I know that starvation. You can last a long time without eating. A hell of a long time. Oh. Um, dehydration. I think you can only last a couple of days. Exposure. I think it depends on what you're exposed to. I suppose if you're if you're in the sun, oh. um, that could probably get you the quickest of all. I think. Because that would probably exasperate the dehydration part of it, also. Yeah, it's basically the the rule of three uh, when it comes to exposure, starvation, and dehydration. And exposure in some places will get you within three hours, Fucking depending hell. on like if it's frozen or too warm. So that exposure, three hours, three days without water, and thirty days without food, basically. Right. Okay. So yeah, I know the food one's longer than you would quickly. think. Oh, I you don't you don't really like you can your body has enough spare Reserve resources to yeah. yeah to get you through about a month without eating but three hours in the the frozen basically and you will be you will be fucked unless you know what you're doing mm-hmm. like that film with Leonardo DiCaprio that everybody was banging on about that the Revenant oh which, yeah I've not I've not seen that yet oh it's long <laughs> like I'll say that and like. DiCaprio is a, a great actor and he plays plays it very well and Tom Hardy's like one of the worst guys in the world in it but it's not it's just not as bigged up as, as yeah. I thought um, it's one of the few DiCaprio films I've not seen because I just didn't fancy it yeah. um, but it's, I'm going to watch it at some point I found a list of the top five um, popular music in Japan um, like western music right. um, do you want to see if you can guess who any of the five are who would be in it in Japan I would imagine, right, just the biggest band ever. The Beatles, I suppose, with the they sneaked in there? Yes, the Beatles are in there, they're number two. Right, okay, the Beatles. Um you, you know me and my music, mate, I'm not <laughs> I'm not really clued up on it, so 
Right, tell me the other, the other four. So, okay, so they basically did a national survey to find the favourites. Number five was Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> right, okay, um, I've not, I don't, can't name you a song of theirs. Um, Bridge Over Troubled Water would be their most famous one. Right, okay, um, hell of it, right. Number four would be The Carpenters. Yeah, again, couldn't tell you a song. But you, you, you've heard of them, kind of, maybe for Alan Partridge? I've heard of them, yes. Yeah, one of them, like the Carpenters, were like a family group, and one of them was called Karen, and she died of bulimia or anorexia. Okay. And that's why Alan Partridge in one of the shows says, hold the cake, Karen Carpenter, <laughs> something like that, right? Oh, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Michael Jackson is in here as well. Right, okay, I can get behind that, yeah. But the number one in all of Japan in terms of Western music is Queen. Oh, fuck, is it not the Beatles at number one? I thought I'd maybe no. get the number one. Queen, Beatles were, no way. Beatles were number two. Queen was number one. Yeah, not into Queen myself. Um, nah, I don't love them. I watched the film and quite enjoyed the film, but I don't love their music. It's a bit, I don't know. It's just not, I don't think, I think it's a bit overrated. Yeah. While we're um, on entertainment, Japan has got form for having mad game shows, basically. Like, yes. And some of them have made their way over here. Like hole in the wall. I don't know if you've seen that. Where like that uh, foam wall would come to board and you had to get in fucking weird shapes. That originated yeah, in Japan. That but is there on are the list some, later on. Yeah. Yeah, there are some more. There are some stranger ones. So there is. There more. is. So I've put together a list of them here, right? And I've sent you the list, Jack. Right. Right. I want us to talk about each of them, but I've actually sent you a link to a GIF for each of them as well, right? And once we've spoken, I want you to click on the GIF and tell me what you think of the GIF. And what we'll do is, either in the show notes or on the website, we'll post a link to these so people can click on the GIFs themselves as well, okay? Um, okay. So this first one is called Candy or Not Candy. Um, <laughs> oh, I like it already, man. Right. Basically, in this game, celebrity contestants must guess which of several apparently inanimate jaw objects are candy and which are not candy. Um, they then must take a big ravenous bite of what they believe to be candy <laughs> and right. hopefully end up with a big kind of sweet or sugar or they end up actually biting into something that's for, for which which isn't what they think it is. It's oh. a bit like, it's, in some ways it's a bit like kind of Ultimate Bake Off because they, they're they very good at making like a hat look like a hat. So you wouldn't, it's not obvious whether something's a hat or it's a, a sweetie hat. Things right. look proper realistic. So sure. the gif that I've put for you is um, one of a person having a shoe. Have a wee look. Right, okay. Right, let's see if you can hear me click this as we go. Redirecting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've got a pair of shoes exactly like that. With black. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, we need to put these in the shape, man. Yeah, yeah right. that was the first one. <laughs> right, I like one. that one. Right. Okay, the next one is called Orgasm Wars. Right, okay. And... In orgasm wars, gay men attempt to bring straight <laughs> men to orgasm. <laughs> right. oh, I don't know if I like click this gif, man. Right, but go for the gif. Oh, I'm going for the gif right there. Sorry, and click. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That guy's just dipping his head into a box to give a straight man a gobble. Like, yeah. That's... <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's it. Um, the next one is called human slip and slide. And right, basically okay. in this one, they soak a middle-aged man in lube <laughs> <laughs> and he attempts to slide across a slippery <clears throat> row of young bikini-clad women. Ah, uh, right, here we go, click. 
No, no, I'm actually seen that one before. Like, and what, 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 what is the <laughs> like? What's the point? Like, I, 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 like, do you win something? <laughs> I've got no idea. Oh, um, this next one is called Marshmallow Rubber Band. Okay. And this competition appeared on the Japanese variety show Downtown Nogaki, Notusaki Yaparendi, okay. um, which basically brings you pain, humiliation, and uh, cruel hilarity. And it's been on the TV since 1989. Players are supposed to catch marshmallows with their mouths while their heads are attached to a rubber band. <laughs> okay. So, if you click the gif, you'll get an idea of what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know podcasts aren't visual, man, but, like, we we, we will put these in the site, wrongtermmemory.com, and you can have a wee look at them as well, man. Yeah, interactive. So, this next one, um, the the title just tells you all you need to know. Man eats spaghetti in a washing dryer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, like is that the full game show that's the game see it <laughs> superb man oh these are brilliant yeah like I say it's wrong to memory.com you can see these superb um, so the next one head and butt trivia face off the classic and... trivia game when a loser gets a face full of the winner's butt twist right okay yep. so is there a gift for that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, the hosts always seem to be like dressed in traditional gear and stuff like that as well. That's just, oh, super. This is a good bit. (laughs) This is the one you alluded to earlier. It's called Human Tetris or Brain Wall. And a Japanese game show where it's a human version of Tetris basically have to jump and manoeuvre their bodies through moving gaps in the wall. However, the gap... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I put the gap on early. You nearly (laughs) made it. You got to it before I did there. And then the last one that I've got today is called The Money in the Bra Game. And it's basically the idea of it's how many coins can your cleavage hold? And it's... (laughs) Oh, it's like fucking coppers, man. <laughs> getting, getting, dropped, getting dropped from a considerable height. Um, but yeah, we if you've if you've been on our website before, we tell you we sometimes put up a specific episode page, and we'll kind of we'll link link to these on there so that when you're listening along, if you go to wrongtermmemory.com, you can um, click the gifts in real time and see what you think of this absolute shithousery that goes on in Japan. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that later on. I'll get that up so you can you can see them, guys, because <laughs> they are. They are superb, and I know listening to me just laugh at things that you can't see might not be <laughs> might not be great content, but like I, I enjoyed it, Colin. Cheers for pu- pulling this one together, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed it myself. As always, guys, like uh, leave a five star rating if you can, and like subscribe in your pal's phone or whatever. We don't uh, particularly care, but it does it does help. It sure does, yeah. I think we're up at 106 ratings now, and 105 of them are five star, and one is four star. So we're doing all right, but there's always room for improvement. So please let us know if you can do some more. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and like I said, if there's if there's bits, we're always looking for feedback and suggestions. Basically, we're still a young podcast, so any suggestions you you can tweet us at Wrong Term Memory and say, look, don't like that bit, that bit shit, or I enjoyed that, and we can um, aim. We aim to please, but. As always, Colin, cheers. Cheers, man. 
and we will speak to you guys soon. Bye.